<laughs> Welcome, Maggie. Oh, God. Man, that was such a rip. Oh, oh, and there it is. Okay. You got some of that in my face. Thank you. Thanks, Maggie. It's, it's the 420 episode. Yes. Yes, it um, is. I wish the episode were anywhere near as fun as that. But surprisingly, I'm not high for this recording. So <laughs> well, you're welcome. That's funny because I am. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. Aww. I wish. Aww. Uh, yeah, I sort of wish too. I sort of wish we were together for this episode so that we could just um, like take a hit every time like Ryder is annoying or something. <laughs> we would die maybe. I don't know we, how I don't know how I, hits I work, but we, I think we would die. I don't think maybe. we would. We wouldn't die because that's. I mean, that's not how weed works. Um, sure. I'm sort of an expert. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course. Um, we would probably be asleep by about 45 minutes in, though. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then the yeah. the like last like the later forty five minutes of the episode would just be snores, probably just sort of grumbling, you know, like that weird like um, mouth flapping thing that people do on TV when they're asleep, like the <laughs> <laughs> yes, that yeah. was inspired by cartoons. I'm pretty sure because I don't think yeah. any human has ever done that, and has literally happened in the television show Glee too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, which is what we do here. Uh, we don't just make very bad weed jokes. Uh, we <laughs> talk about the television show Glee. This time we're talking about season four, episode 20. Yes. Uh, nice. Uh, it's called Lights Out. Yes. Um, and as as we suggested last week, I'm doing this in complete darkness. I can't even see my notes. It's great. Um, That's fun. <laughs> no, um, I thought about doing it in complete darkness, but as the sun went down, I had like that that thing that some old people have, where you just get really sad as the sun oh, goes sure. down. Yeah, I don't think that's just um, an old people thing, Maggie. I think that's just a human thing. Uh, yeah, it's just a human thing. <laughs> this is Glee. Um, like Maggie said, 420, lights out. Um, but it originally <laughs> aired on April 25th, 2013, with 5.24 million viewers, which is down from last week's 6.14 million. twenty-fifth, 25th, so close. Yeah, right? Ugh. They knew. They knew. <laughs> if only they had gotten perfect symmetry and the episode had been about, um, I don't know. Weed? Ab- abuse of cannabis. Okay. That they'd had, well, they had, the, they had the alcohol episode. It wouldn't be out of the question. And like the dream sequence that uh, Sarah Jessica Parker has with Santana, Rachel, and Kurt. Yeah. I mean, come on. No, that's true. That's a good point. There, there it is, is sort of like a drug-fueled yes. kind of like ecstasy moment. Right. Um, but Maggie, give me the step. I, I saw who wrote this episode, so I am already aware of why this is a problem episode. But let me have it. Um, I'm not even sure because I, I didn't even look up the Wikipedia page for this episode when I was uh, writing my notes because I was like, oh, I know what all these songs are. And that's usually why I have to look it up. And now I'm just filling time um, for me to wick. Oh, I was just Googling Wikipedia. Wow. Good. <laughs> well, I Good know job, it off the top me. of my head if you want me to share it this week. No, no, it's got to be me. That's how okay. we do it here. Okay. No Light worries. Outs. No, that's not right. Oh, and there's a gay. Ah, uh, here we go. Lights a glow party. That sounds better than this. <laughs> do do do. Written by. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Ms. Ryan Murphy himself. Um, yes. but it is. Di- it's directed by Paris Barclay. So 
Yeah, no, I he's, mean, you can tell. He's done well in the past, and, like, the direction yeah. in this episode is good. Yeah, like... Ish. It, it's not It's not Paris Barclay's fault they got handed a steaming pile of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he sort of, like, molded it into something, yes. like, artistic to look at, I guess. Yes. Um, let's get into Glee here. We start with a recap, as per usual. Um, we covered that writers getting catfished, of course. Um, Sue left the school because... You know, the whole thing with she, Becky and the, the gun. That's what's going on with Sue. Yep. Um, and then Santana doesn't have a purpose in life or something. That's weird because <laughs> I thought her purpose was to move to New York, become famous, and dance at, at Coyote Ugly. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what she was. She was like, I'm just going to go to New York and live like the best New York lifestyle. And she seems to be doing that because she's living... Um, on the couch of her friend's one-room loft. Right, so. which the, I do appreciate that the recap does bring up the fact that Santana doesn't seem to have a bed or mm. furniture of any kind. <laughs> like, <laughs> she just kind of is there. Um, which, again, like, we've talked about it before. The recap is kind of snarky, and in some ways it doesn't excuse the fact that the show doesn't do a good job of explaining itself, but whatever. It's lampshading the terrible writing. Yes, so... <laughs> Let's get into we this. We start in the choir room. Yep. Ryder is texting. Sexting, maybe. Who knows? Um, and he's texting Katie. Yep. Because that's what he does these days. Or rather, his catfish. And he tries to snoop on Kitty um, because she's texting also. And he's like, who are you texting? Let me see your phone. And she's like, I'm playing a phone game. Can you back off? Yes. Creep. And... Um, then we find out that Will has been spying on the Hoosier daddies mm-hmm. for um, this season's, you know, sort of ethnically ambiguous yeah. belter. <laughs> yes. Uh, Frida Romero. We see a quick scene of Will doing a snoop on her as she sings the national anthem, which is just kind of random, but whatever. She can It's sing. very reminiscent of um, the in the, the scene in the pilot with the Rachel snooping yes. and the belly touch. You remember. Yes. Uh, so Will is like, be, to beat the Who's Your Daddies, we're going to have to do epic songs, the most musical power, and then the lights go off. Oh, oh no, there's a power outage. <laughs> but guess what? The PA system still works. Yes. And... <laughs> Because we hear an address from Principal Figgins over the PA system. Immediately, I was like, why the fuck does that work? And they do explain it. Um, in his speech, he mentions that, uh, uh, like, the PA system is attached to, like, this generator that they have to save for his lower back massager. And the coffee uh, machine, Maggie. Of course. Speaking of caffeine, the really, very important. The essential things. Um, and the... Though I think the funniest joke from the whole speech is about like flashlights and candles yes. being distributed based on GPA. Yes, no, that's that's like honestly, I think that's why this whole thing happens is so that they can tell that specific joke. But I do really like it. I think it's very funny. Um, yeah, my favorite part is when I was watching this the first time. So the way that they show us this is they have Figgins in his office with like the little PA yes. microphone, but he has note cards and his secretary is standing over his shoulder, shining with a, a flashlight. flashlight on it. Um, yeah. My original theory is that the secretary is holding the school hostage for its energy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Cause like, it's so weird. He's re- why would you have note cards for this specific speech prepared? Yeah. Because like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I Oh, my, that is weird. My assumption is she gave them to him and was like, read or they, this. Or they were on, maybe they started the day on like that backup generator and mm. he was like trying to cover it up. Maybe. that <laughs> That is a very Figgins thing to do, to be sure. And the, the weird thing is, is that like McKinley seems so like well lit, like naturally well lit. Um, and other times but when the lights are are off when the power is gone everything is pitch black no that's uh, super dark one of the really one of the best things about this episode is the lighting is so bad and like obviously it's supposed to be intentional (laughs) but like like it's really bad like the like even with all these flashlights and candles around like all of the shots are just kind of like dingy and like (laughs) But amazingly, like, nobody looks that bad. Like, no. everyone still looks pretty good. Yes. Uh, I guess they're just because they're TV pretty. Yeah. Um, so it's unplugged week when we go back to the choir room. We're yes. like, apples and oranges. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lemons and lemonade. Yes. Fruit. Apples and lemonade. And then <laughs> I, he's like, I guess it's time for unplugged week. And it's like okay is this a thing i guess it's a thing um i thought i mean there's like mtv's unplugged is that like the reference they're making well Um, and and part of it is that like in theory a lot of their weeks have been unplugged weeks right like yes (laughs) like they end up singing like acapella and using like acoustic instruments and i'm like you do that like all the time every week (laughs) every week yeah. Uh. So next scene, we have Ryder and Jake. Th- these scenes are pretty funny because it's just like normal glee, but it's dark and everyone <laughs> has flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> Which is at least like a visual change from yes. this episode to the other ones. Uh. And the- Ryder and Jake have a similar conversation to what they've had before, where Ryder is just like, "Katie, Katie, Katie," and Jake's like, "You're an idiot." Stop talking to your catfish. <laughs> yes. Specifically in this one, um, Ryder, Ryder reveals that he told, quote, Katie, a very big secret. Um, a and bigger secret than dyslexia. Yes. So he's worried it's going to get out because um, he doesn't know who Katie is and can't trust her, but at the same time wants to or something. Jake is like, yeah. why don't you just tell me right now? And then Ryder's Share with like, me, bro. Don't you feel safe? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like two bros do. Um, mm-hmm. But then shooting the shit. <laughs> but then Ryder is like, "No, I can't tell you. It's too secret." And then it's just like, "Okay, I don't know. This this is gonna get real bad real fast." So yeah. So next <sighs> we see uh, Santana wheeling in a dumpster chair yes. into the Bushwick loft, <laughs> which is like. Bad roommate form, honestly. <laughs> well, you know, the, I've had roommates yeah. in the past who are like, who will like just pick up furniture from the street, and they're like, "We should have this in our house," and I'm like, "Should we?" Well, like my my favorite this part. This is my house too. <laughs> my favorite part is not only does Santana suggest that this is their furniture now, she also seems to imply that Kurt will be the one that refurbishes it. Yeah, like, she's like, "Oh, just a touch of Kurt's magical gay pixie dust," and like he's like, "Hmm." Hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't appreciate having a, like, furniture project thrown on my lap. I would like to decide on my own furniture project. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> anyway. Well, mom and dad think that Santana's throwing her life away. <laughs> and by 
dad, and by dad, I mean Rachel, and mom is Kurt. Yes. Um, yes. They have because, a little like, intervention. It's so yeah, weird. They're like, they're like, we want to sit you down. We heard that you're a bouncer at a lesbian beer garden. And Ew. also a cage dancer at another club. like Dressed as Barbarella. <laughs> Holy shit. That's an amazing job. <laughs> yeah, it's... What's weird about this, so we know she's also a bartender at Coyote Ugly. So she yeah. has effectively like three jobs because, you know, she lives in New York and she has to pay yeah. bills or something. Like, yep. I, And so like, they're like, you need to like figure life out because you're wasting it. And she's like, um, excuse you. Excuse, excuse you? you? <laughs> That's what I would say. Like Santana is just like, hey, I'm trying to figure things out. Yes. Um, Except like she's sort of cowed. By what they say. She's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I don't have a dream. Or oh. maybe, I, maybe I am spending my time poorly. Well, they're also, they also have this implication that she's wasting her talent or something. Disgusting. Which... She's, she is dancing as Barbarella in a cage. How is that wasting your talent? Exactly. See, that's one of the things that like really comes off this plotline for me. Is I'm just like, okay. Like, it just comes and off as other, like shameful. The other yeah. Oh, totally. And the other talent that Santana really has is, uh, like, being mean. Yes. Like, as snicks, you know? Right. Um, so being a bouncer at a lesbian beer garden is using her talent effectively. Yeah, I just... I. I think it's just weird and gross that it's like gross. Rachel and Kurt are like, you're not living the way we are, so you're doing it's it super, wrong. And Santana's it's super like, elitist also because yes. they're like, oh, it, working a day in your life? How disgusting. <laughs> We're living on loans and beggaring our parents who have cancer. Like, yeah, it's very it's very rent. Um, but also, <laughs> also, I do really love, there's a bit where Santana is like, I'm sorry my dream isn't to go on Broadway or be a singing waiter at the, at the Fire Island Pancake Shack, which the best part is then Kurt kind of has like a thought where he's like, yeah, that would be a I good job. That. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, thinking free pancakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh gosh, it's just. I mean, the other thing to remember here too is that supposedly all of these characters are eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> like they're not wasting their fucking lives doing anything right now. You know, like yeah, it's it's, it's bonkers, stupid as hell. Um. Also, like Santana has been there for. In the in this time, like, since March, <laughs> like two <laughs> weeks, if that. Like, no, she was there for like the snow in. Oh, like the yeah. Um. Yeah, that's and, true. And like for a lot of the Brody stuff. Yeah, but they kicked her out. I thought around that time. No, she was she was never kicked out. Remember, because she like threatens to go sleep at Lena Dunham's house, but then she threatens Brody. <laughs> well, I thought she threatened to sleep at Lena Dunham's house and stole their like their comforter and pillow to go do that, and then did yeah, the Brody but thing. instead of like actually leaving, she just like blackmailed Brody that same uh, day. Okay, right? Sure. Right? I mean, that was definitely a nighttime thing. And then God, this show is such garbage. <laughs> the, but that's a good point. She hasn't been there very long, and already Kurt and Rachel are getting and on she, her case. She also has three goddamn jobs for the time that she's been there. Like, yes. good job, dude. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, anyway, it's just because she's hot. Like, she, okay, she just goes in there and ha- like her resume is full of lies, and they're just like, "So, have you ever tended bar before?" And she's like, "Yeah." Definitely, yes. <laughs> well, okay, but also, like, she is a talented dancer. Like, no, yeah, 
I'm not I'm not saying that she isn't a talented dancer. I'm but like I yes. mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> yes, anyway. She's, the, she's on the top of our list for a reason, okay? <laughs> yes. Uh, next scene is back in the choir room. We're back in Lima, and Will hands Tina a lantern. That's, like, what I titled this scene, because it's weird. <laughs> like, he, he just has these lanterns, and, like, the the camera really loves this it, like weird little interaction where he hands Tina the lantern, and Tina is just like, Huh? Yeah, well, it's weird. He he starts this off by being like, "Thanks for toughing it out," and it's like, <laughs> "What?" Like, from what it sounds like, they're not allowed to leave. Like, they're and you also haven't done any singing yet. <laughs> it's just such a weird way of starting. Up. Like, this whole this whole episode is just weird. But yeah, the lanterns because it like even the scene just starts with like a view of all these lanterns on the piano, and it's like, yeah, yeah we get it. The lights are out. Like. so this scene is sam singing his conception song (laughs) yes uh which everyone definitely feels a little grossed out by yes Um, (laughs) yes well it's yeah it's love and feeling or love and feeling sorry added added the g in there uh and there's like a really like heavy focus on arty texting yes throughout the song (laughs) Well, uh, because because yeah. we're supposed to notice because Sam noticed right as a character in fiction right yeah well okay so here here are some notes about this um one this song is boring and I don't blame Artie mm-hmm. for texting I would too yeah um then, would you hide it better than Artie does no uh, the, and who who do you think Artie is texting see like, okay all of his friends are here well that was that was my thing I this scene his made mom? me think no this scene made me think that Artie is Katie now oh shit like I the I, writer isn't texting no you're right it's just I don't know it's so weird that they focus like the on pre- the prevalence of the text yeah yeah like yep specifically Artie and it's dur- like, I don't know, it's so weird. And it just felt like I was like, why are we focusing on the fact that Artie is texting right now? I'm it like- is weird. <laughs> uh, Ryder joins in and everyone else does too. But like the ooze that their mouths are clearly making are silent for yes. like way longer than like we see them start making like these ooh mouth noises way before we hear them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like here's the like the song is fine or whatever but like it's fine it's super boring and then it is the weird thing okay here's the other problem here that like you said what this leads to is after after the song's <laughs> over she was like Artie, you're up and so Artie goes to the piano plinks out a single note and then is like it's my synth <laughs> yeah he's like i can't do this without a synthesizer and you're like he but he doesn't what? say that he's like he says something way worse he's yes. just gross i hate Artie so much uh and well okay uh, but then, then sam yeah. is like having synth is a privilege <laughs> Well, that's like you need to check yourself. Well, I was homeless. Yeah, that's Sam pulls this like weird poverty card where he's like, I had to entertain my sister and brother with a guitar and all an acoustic guitar. And and all you all what? you kids and your phones and your Twitterverse and your blog is Twitterverse. <laughs> and it's just like, how could you make it any more obvious that like a forty year old man wrote this fucking dialogue? Like no teenager would ever say this 
It's so stupid. Are, are you saying you don't say Twitterverse every no. day? No. Or blogosphere? <laughs> like... <laughs> the fuck all you on the geo cities <laughs> uh. oh my god um i'm really not down with any sort of rhetoric <laughs> in that regards no especially not when it's worded in this way um and just like sam is like i saw you texting during yes. my song <laughs> maybe you should think about your friends instead of tweeting <laughs> <laughs> well that's and that's the thing too is it's like like, no teenager chastises another teenager for texting. Like, that's just not a thing that happens. Because we're all addicted to our phones. Yes. Okay? Anyone under the age of 30 is clinically addicted to their phone. And yes. well, and we're, no one's going to shame me, anyone else for it because we all recognize that it's a problem. Well, and even past that, like... It's such a weird thing to be like, oh, I entertain myself with this wooden guitar. Like, <laughs> like what? And you and I, I had a can <laughs> and a piece of twine. I had a stick and a hoop. Like, what? <laughs> we entertained ourselves with garbage. Okay, cool. Good job. Like, <laughs> okay, we need to get off of this. But I think we really made our point clear. Yes. So the next scene is Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't remember her character's name. Isabel. That's it. Yep. Isabel Jessica Parker uh, is on the phone at Vogue.com saying something very interesting, very cosmopolitan. And Well, what's fun (laughs) about it is if you're like, I was sitting there, I was like, is she talking about Darren Aronofsky? (laughs) How did you know that? Because she's talking about, like, the movie, like, God, what movie is she talking about? I can't, I I feel like there's something about it where it's like, she's referencing the Dark Knight when she's talking about, um, what's his name? Yeah, because she's, because she's like Christopher Nolan and Darren Aronofsky. I don't know, um, a third of those people. And I know there's only two of them. (laughs) Yeah, but the, like she references a movie that's by Darren Aronofsky that I can't remember exactly what it is right now. But like when I was watching the first time, I was like, is that supposed to be? And then Kurt's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, Darren Aronofsky. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, okay, you're right. She's cosmopolitan. Great. But don't forget, she's also very caring. She asks about Kurt's dad. Yes. First off, that's like how the conversation starts. We find out that Bert is alive and is doing okay. Yes. And he's at work. Yes. That's all good. That's all good news for us. That's all I care about. The episode can end. <laughs> and uh, um, Kurt is like, sure, he's going to be fired. Yes. In this conversation. Because uh, he's like, yeah, I, you know, I haven't been here a whole lot. But apparently his work is just too exceptional. Uh, yeah, well, that's... So he, he's not going to be fired. That She has a line where she's like, Qual- quality trumps quantity always. And I was like, um, not when your job... Like, not when you were like, your internship is a 24-7 yeah. job. Like... Not, not when you're like, bringing coffee to people as your job. Yeah, exactly. I just... I mean, it's fine. It's obvious that she likes Kurt. And I think part of the whole thing here is we're just supposed to know that she likes him so she wants him to have a job at Vogue even if he's also at Niada blah 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 um but effectively it's just like so preposterous <laughs> yes yeah it just doesn't make sense it's not realistic which I mean this is the first time we've been at Vogue.com in like months like months yes in, in canon yes. in the story well Kurt took Niada really seriously at first and now he's letting it slip um so <laughs> she she asked for Kurt's help um as 
a, quote, celebrity wrangler for the New York City Ballet Gala. Whatever that is. is. Apparently <laughs> the party of the town. Um, uh, sure. And he, she's like, oh, and don't forget, you can just bring some of your friends along. I'm sure we'll need the extra help. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm sure so celebrities. Now, I'm sure celebrities are very okay with the idea of you being like, "Look at this <laughs> random child. They're going to guide you around tonight and make sure you don't drink too much." Like, this is a random 19-year-old who doesn't know the layout of this building and isn't being paid to be here. <laughs> Yay! Well, I yeah yeah. So anyway, this is a thing coming up. But in the meantime, we go back to Lima where. Yes, we we see we're at like a nondescript gym. Yes, we see a classic Sue journaling scene. Except yes. instead of in her red tracksuit, she's in a blue tracksuit. And um, she yeah, she claims that she has a new fresh look <laughs> in the journal entry, and I was like, what? I mean, the jumpsuit's uh, like two different shades of blue, from what I can remember. I so yes. I, it's she wore a blue jo- she wore a blue tracksuit yeah. when she did the get physical number with Olivia Newton-John. But, so but that, this could literally be that same tracksuit. No, no, no. That one was very much in the style of her red ones, but was like a vi- <laughs> like a like a kind of a sapphire. I remember this one being more of a like teal, you know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we can't I don't want to get into the minutia of blue, but it was cerulean. Uh, and Sue describes herself as a freelance champion. Uh, yeah. slash personal trainer. Yeah, that one makes more journal. sense to me than freelance champion. Like, okay. But it's great. I want I want to come to a point in my life where I can call myself a freelance champion. Sure. It, it's an amazing title. Uh, and we see Sue go into her aerobics class um, but it's where also, she's not doing the choreography. Yeah, it's like a weird, like, jazzercise aerobics thing where there's this whole yeah. choreographed routine. It's, listen, it's pornographic. <laughs> I was embarrassed to watch it in public. <laughs> I mean, yes. Like, first of all, the note we have to make is that Blaine is in this class thing. Yes, and... Uh, and he is sweaty and small shorted. And let me tell you, he's also like like eyeing some other dude in the class. Yeah, Ryan Murphy is a thirsty bitch yes. and just wants to make Darren Chris like wet. Yeah, and uh, thrusting. Ugh. Um, but no, it, just watch the Gianni Versace show and you'll know. It's just this is so buck wild and like. Yeah, meaningless because they. It's great though. I fucking loved it. <laughs> they do this like bizarre, like very intense choreography. There's no like examples or anything. Like we have no, no explanation as to how know they it. know how to do this. It's just oh, it's it's very fun to watch. I would I would love to attend that like aerobics class. I thought it looked really fun. But, um, the yeah. bit where she's like fishy hands, fishy hands, <laughs> and then the. <laughs> Like, adding on to this, at the end of this routine, which it just ends, like, there's just an end to it. There's it's a woman done. who... What's what's the song that's playing? Did you write it down? Um, I think it's... I didn't write It'll it down. It'll be in the Wikipedia page. It's it's a remix of, like... I, I don't. I, it's not Call Me Maybe. It's, like, Call Me Something. I don't know. But the weird thing at the end of it is this woman just breaks down in tears. Like... Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Sue is like, no crying. Get out of here. And, like, what? Like, nothing makes sense. But I guess no, it's... No, it, it, I loved it. It mirrors the Cheerios a bit, where, like, 
you could see that happening with like Sue doing a Cheerios routine and then one of the girls just kind of like loses her shit. But I don't know. It, this is all just a setup for Blaine having a chat with Sue. Um, yeah, uh, all sweaty. Yes. Um, he goes he goes up to her and Sue is like, the only reason why I let you go through Sue 90X is because I thought you were a Butch Israeli girl. Um, which, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. And uh, we find out that Blaine is here. Um, he admits to Sue that he was trying to, like, infiltrate the Cheerios and take her down from the inside. Yes. Uh, but that he's here now to protect the Cheerios because Roz Washington is promoting unhealthy habits. <laughs> okay. Um, um, let's, let's just clarify a little bit. When you say unhealthy habits, do you mean, like, not I mean, eating um, or... I mean, rib removal, I guess, <laughs> as a habit, because you have to get more than one off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm, and it, it's like, Sue hasn't done much better. Like, remember, like, Santana and Brittany, like, used to drink, like, sand. <laughs> no, that's very true. <laughs> the, to be fair, also, in, like, real time or whatever, Sue was like, you know, I always have thought Becky would look like a young Dolly Parton with a few, <laughs> a few less ribs, which is just, like... Such a weird thing to say. And, like, the little scene yeah. of Roz Washington, like, telling all the Cheerios that she expects them to have ribs removed is also weird. Like, it's just bizarre. I don't think that surgery actually, act, like, actually exists. I don't think uh, I don't think you can do that. I feel like there's some, like, cultural meme about some singer who did it in order to be able to suck mm, his own like- dick. But... <laughs> yes. Um, but you can auto fellatio yourself if you're flexible enough yeah it's it's possible so you don't even need to take those ribs out well, you know just suppose, do some yoga supposedly stretches. it helps a little bit to take a rib or two out i wouldn't know but you wouldn't know no oh because you because you did the stretching good for you <laughs> uh <laughs> um yeah so basically sue is like uh receptive but we don't really see any sort of finality to this conversation because we never do. Well, and uh, there is a hint that Blaine seems to know something was off about the way Sue left. Like, he's like, yeah. come back. You know that you need to set things right or whatever. Excuse me. Or whatever. Yeah. So, Well, we know that Blaine suspects Becky. Yes. Uh, also. And, I mean, does he suspect Becky? Did he, uh, uh, like, <laughs> orchestrate this entire thing yeah does he know already yes obviously um yes 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 so Artie tells sam in the next scene um about running over a water bottle (laughs) in the hallway but it's with a lot more like i don't know sort of up his own assery (laughs) yeah no literally hey guess what i invented stomp (laughs) stupid literally this scene can be described in one line, and it's that Artie rolled over a water bottle, and it made him think <laughs> about sounds. Um, great, <laughs> wonderful. And then, like, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do unplug squared," and I was just like, "You mean stop?" <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so the next scene is back in Bushwick because we're just leaping between the two, and. Kurt tells Rachel and Santana about the ballet gala and how they're all going to get to go. And Rachel has a very chorus line style flashback, complete with sepia tones of baby Rachel going to the ballet and like prancing around. And we see like Kurt copies her and like we see baby Kurt with a little like 
I don't know, wand with tinsel at, on the top. Yes. Well, what's really great about this is it's obvious from the get-go that they both went to the same ballet studio. Well, no, all of these flashbacks do take place in the same ballet studio. Exactly. Like... Like, well, no, but then there is one near the end where, like, we see all these characters in the same place. Like... But that's because they're, they're, I don't know, <laughs> mind-melding. I, I just, they're in the drift. I, I they're, personally... They're in the music drift. I personally just love this idea that all three of them were in the... And by three, there's a spoiler coming. Someone else was also in their ballet classes. But, like, I just love this idea that all three of them were in the same ballet classes. Yeah, and, like, I do really like that, too. Yeah. It would be cute. It would be, like, a fun, you know... Secret like, history. You know? Yeah. That, I mean, that's not confirmed at all, but. <laughs> Maggie, what is our podcast for if we don't get to make up a weird canon that doesn't mean anything or have any impact right. on the plot? Like... Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I just thought it was funny that, like, Kurt copies Rachel, like, almost beat for yes. beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's. Yeah. Because Rachel is like, the ballet was where I was able to realize that I was a star. And Kurt's like, the ballet was <laughs> able to make me realize that I could be anything I wanted to be. Well, and it, it kind of feels like this is some like weird like gay ritual where they're expecting <laughs> Santana to go next and be like, I went to the ballet and I learned how to be a not cage dancer. Um, Which, <laughs> like, Santana is like... Could it get any gayer in here? Like, <laughs> and instead, she's like, "No, I'm not going to this gala. I don't like. I didn't do ballet. I learned how to crunk instead." Which, um, ugh. um, but um, God, Ryan Murphy, could you be more racist? But so Santana's like, "I'm out," and then Kurt's like, "What if you get a free gown?" And Santana's like, "Sure, I'm in." Uh, uh, next is Ryder wanting to unplug his feelings. Oh my god! And so, which is like the the stupidest line yes. ever. Well, the best part is that supposedly he's not technically quote unplugged for this because he's using <laughs> instruments or something like that. He isn't he, playing he, himself, I guess. Well, he got to do a full orchestration yes. because he got special permission from Will. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Because, and Will was like, and I said yes, because Ryder wanted to unplug his feelings. <laughs> He's got some real oh, feeling God. constipation, which, okay, here's the thing. There's supposed to be some kind of, like, message here about how they all get slushy. He sings Everybody Hurts hmm. by R.E.M. Yeah. So they do this. And he, he dedicates it to the Glee Club and every time they've been slushied. <laughs> which, um, in... When? Well... Like we get this weird montage of all these people just getting slushy yes. randomly, but but people don't get slushied in the plot anymore. No, like that's not a thing that happens. And more you know? more importantly, in the context of what what's about to happen in this scene, this is wildly misplaced and like terrible. Like this is not so. <laughs> I I don't understand why they like put this with what's coming because it just yeah. feels not good. Like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Tina gets slushied like fresh out of the shower oh, in the locker room. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, Jake and Marley get a double slush as they are like kissing in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Oof. Uh, I wish these slushies had been part of a storyline. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, and what's also weird is that like the song itself, with this like montage of slushies, we just get all these like solemn faces in the dark with like all these like <laughs> just like candles. so sad. Yeah, like when all the candles, I was like, these have to be like what Kurt left <laughs> from that Phantom number. <laughs> More in candles. The prop closet. Um, just all these candelabras. Yes. Yeah. It's just there's so many fucking candles in this room, y'all. Yeah. So many. Yeah. Um. The song is fine. I think it's you know yeah, it, it's fine. It, yeah. It's not really notable, but it's also not bad. So that's fine. Um. But so after writer finishes, he reveals that he was molested as a child by a female babysitter, which yeah because yeah. he. He says that he like revealed this secret to the catfish yes. and that he um like wants everyone to know so that it can't be like held over his head. Yes. Is like basically um his reasoning and Jake does support him. He's like, "Bro, it's cool. We 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 love you." Yes. Um and then he he does he tells them about how he was molested. He uses that word like it's not he doesn't beat around this bush yeah he's clearly accepted that this happened to him uh and uh he was like 11 his uh like female babysitter uh came in came in like walked in on him it was a whole thing yeah um uh, i don't really want to get into the gnarly no. details yeah. of it um but sam says some gnarly ass shit well where he's like, yeah that's everyone's fantasy yeah why are you complaining sam and, and then Artie's Artie. like yeah. yeah bro good job it's barf yeah like here's the thing that i really one we've talked about this before glee likes to touch hot irons and then like I don't know, sit there with its hand pressed to it. But like <laughs> the big thing about this one is it feels like they're trying to like, like they're just trying to use this, I guess. Like, I don't understand why this is included, but even more like the fact that what ends up happening here is Sam and Artie have these really gross, like toxic, like really disgusting reactions where they're like, high five, bro. Like you're getting it. But, but like, but other characters like recognize how disgusting this is. Yeah. But not soon enough, for sure. Will is like, I'm sorry, Ryder, but I'm going to have to report this. And Ryder's like, whatever, dude. She's already in jail yeah. because she did this to somebody else. Right. Um, and yeah. uh, then, like, they say this gnarly shit. Will doesn't shut it down fast enough. Well, the- and But Tina is like, hey, shut up. Yeah, which, like, that is... Like, Tina, Jake, and Marley, I think, are kind of like, hey, um, shut the fuck up. But my big thing is, like, they do not do anywhere near a good enough job of, like, oh, no. making it clear that, like, hey, Ryder got molested. Like, it's not a joke. It's not, like, a, like, nice man high five moment. Like, fuck you for thinking yeah, this that. Is, it's, it's not the, like, culmination of a fantasy. No. It is literal trauma that happened to your friend. Yeah. Um, it's gross. Which, I mean, they do... It's not like the show completely ignores that, like, what's going on is but bad, like, but... But somebody should have articulated that point. Yes. Like, that should have been the end of the scene, is, like, yeah. somebody being like, hey, what you just did was really bad, and here's why. So that, like, this scene could have a fucking point. Yeah, because instead what happens is, in order to, like, end the, like, 
end the situation and remove himself, Ryder is like, no, you guys are right. I'm overreacting. I'm going to get out of here now because, like, cool, whatever. Mm. But really, like, honestly, all they needed to do was take three extra seconds and have one, like, have Marley be like, hey, you know, that's not okay. What you guys just said is unacceptable. Um, Ryder was obviously traumatized by that event. And, like, just because you think that there's some weird fantasy there, 11-year-old boys do not fantasize about being touched by older women. Like, that's not a thing. Like, you, yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's not just that. Like, it's like, it's, it's not yeah. a fantasy to be molested. Right. Like, and he was a child. Yes. He's, he's not like a 17 year old boy, hor- like a fucking horn dog. Right. He's a baby. Yes. Like he's, he is a child who is unable to consent to that kind of activity. And so like, it's okay, unacceptable, but, but yeah, our listeners know all this. Right. We're just angry. The show did a bad job. Yes. Uh, next, we find we are at the sticks. Yes. And we find out that Kitty asked Ryder to dinner. Um, and the music is super ill-fitting <laughs> at the beginning of this scene because it's just that, like the. Maggie, Maggie, how else are we gonna know we're at breadsticks if we don't hear the classic breadsticks theme? Maybe the fucking breadstick set that we see like <laughs> so often. Well, and it, what's weird too about this one is they're at some kind of like a bar. Like they're not. Yeah. They're not really at like a table. <laughs> like we've seen it's, like a booth. Before. It's sort of. It's sort of like. A table, it's weird. You're right. Whatever. Uh, and this is where we find out that Kitty asked Ryder here because she can relate. She was molested also. Yeah. And she shares her story with him. Uh, there was a lot of fallout from like this. She When she told her parents, it took her a while to do it. They ended up talking to this kid's parents instead of like, like, um, yeah, like- I don't know talking to the police right yeah <laughs> um or like some other authority um and their the parents were just like we don't know how that could have happened we don't think it happened right and then like she had friends stop talking to her say that she was spreading rumors and kitty ended up having to switch schools yeah because of this which yeah it <laughs> It's really heavy, and again, it's like Glee. It does change to sad piano music yeah. during her story. How so. appropriate. Um, But like Glee, again, is just like touching that iron again. It's like, yep, you know, we didn't get enough of that first story about molestation. Let's go ahead and touch it again. And it's like... I mean, here's the thing. It's like one out of four girls are going to be are going to be like sexually harassed or molested by the time they're 18 and one out of six men <sighs> will experience the same thing. Yeah. So No, okay. No, you're, like yeah. I mean this is not an unheard of experience. Yeah. No, no, that's and true. Having like writer visibly upset and like recognize that he was like he went through a traumatic thing is something. Like That's true. No, you're like, right. They're not treating it like the male fantasy from one side. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it is that it just feels like like it, I don't know how much of a purpose this serves in Well, they co- they connect. Kind they of. They hold hands. Yeah. Friendship. Also, Kitty implies that her vagina has teeth. Yes, which I love that. <laughs> she abso- it absolutely does. She's a goddess of chaos. Also, she and Puck broke up because he went to a college that he wasn't actually nice. attending. So, 
Yeah. So glad that that's not happening anymore. Yes. Because she's like, yeah, you know, he looks hot from far away, but close up, he's real puffy. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. <laughs> we we all knew that. Yeah. You know? No, and I think I think you're right. I think it. I think it's good that we have representation of like, and it's not super bad. Like, it's not like a stereotype or like something like, like effect, like the shitty thing with like dudes being okay with women molesting little boys. Like that is something that has happened in the media. Like South Park has an episode where they like do that. And it's like, I don't think you're actually like proving any points South Park, at least in this case, it made me really upset. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it elicited emotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Glee is just really feeling out those hot irons these days. <laughs> I think it's because um, they're like, oh, our characters are uninteresting. We need to do the hot topics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Kitty and Ryder bond over their mutual traumas um, around molestation, which unfortunately is as maggie pointed out something that is more common than it should be um yeah which is not at all it should not be at all yep next is we will rock you but stompified uh or i guess unplugged squared yeah gross yeah uh the (laughs) there's like huhs during the song like the huh and i was like I just thought I thought it, they were funny. I wrote "lol" so tough. <laughs> sure. Um, my favorite part. So there's a couple leads: Artie, Blaine, Jake, and Ryder all take little turns with leading. Um, there's a bit at the end where Jake tap dances. Ooh, I love that part. That part was fun. Yes. Um, but this scene starts abruptly and also ends abruptly. I don't yep. know why it's here. I think it was just so they could make this. Like, to be fair, it looks like they're having a fun time or whatever. And it's a but, it's a cool number. It's different than what they've done before. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it feels the, so weird. The swooping lights aren't that um, on theme. Sure. For the, for the, you know, power outage thing. Yeah. Uh, and, okay. There's no Britney. There's no Joe. Right. There's no sugar. <laughs> the Glee Club has I, really I, lost I, some members recently. <laughs> they're just sort of falling by the wayside and no one's saying anything about it. They like bulk up the this number with like musicians. So like Guitar Boy is there, but he's got a drum strapped to his chest. Mm. Cool. So, yeah, I I mean, it's weird because they've mentioned in the past about how, like, Sugar hasn't been around. So it sounds like yeah. Sugar might still be part of the cast. But honestly, they have not mentioned Joe at all. So I think Joe might just not be in the show anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. Joe and Sugar are just gone. Um, Brittany, they haven't explained. Uh, we know she's being, like, sought after by MIT, but that's... Yeah, I was gonna say maybe she's visiting MIT this week. Maybe they flew her out. Could be. Um, could be. Yeah. I don't know. So Sue is spying on the Cheerios in the next scene. Yes, she is like on the bleachers, and then Becky comes up to her, and their outfits are the same. Yes. Um. Okay. And then Becky talks to Sue about how she's thinking about quitting the Cheerios. And we get a flash of Roz yelling at Becky. Yeah. This is when we hear more of like Roz calling her Robin and like being like, how did you b- become out fully formed as a 16 year old person? Yeah. Um, 
all this shit. And then we go back to Sue where she's lament. She's watching the Cheerios perform on the other side of the bleachers. They're doing like in the stand cheers. Yeah. And she's like 95 years. I gave those girls. (laughs) Yes. Oh God. (laughs) Um, Yes. And I was just like, "Hmm, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it definitely feels that way. Yes. And then she sings little girls. Yes. From, uh, Annie. Yes. Which is so weird because the it's super weird. The, the whole thing here is that Sue is essentially telling Becky that she doesn't want to be a babysitter for all these like brats that get knocked little up. Little girls. Yeah. Little girls. Which yeah. the, the, the obvious thing about this scene is that, like, first of all, this number seems to be completely um, outside of the narrative. Like, like it seems like Sue just kind of, like, imagines <laughs> yes. doing this. Um, but effectively, by the end of it, Becky's like, please come back. And Sue's like, I don't want to come back and teach you bitches. Because, like, she never clarifies that, like, Becky is excluded from the group of people that she dislikes from the school. Yeah. And so it just kind of feels bad. But the number is fun, I guess. <laughs> Well, no, because then at the end, Becky is like, but you did, ha- like, there was me. And Sue is like, yeah, there was you. Like, no, that actually happens. They have that moment. That comes before the number, actually. The, oh, the well. end is a lot less, like, the the end feels so much worse because, like, Sue is just like, I don't, I don't ever want, you couldn't pay me to come back here. And, like, Becky's just kind of like ouch like oh yeah (laughs) there are some fun visuals in this like big uh, dream sequence number um by the way the power is still out (laughs) so every time they're inside it's dark yes um and there's a moment where like sue is in the bathroom and there's a cheerio making out with some rando in a stall and sue's like pops her head in there and it's like little girls and goes to the next one and it's like a cheerio with a pregnancy test oh Uh, yeah yeah um i thought those visuals were funny i i mean jane lynch whenever she does a song is always really expressive in the face yes uh and that's definitely present here I thought it sounded fine. I mean, it's sort of like a gag number to begin with. Yes. So, well, yeah, yeah, it's just so weird knowing that, like, this is the song from Annie that, like, you know, the, uh, like, orphanage lady sings about how she hates little girls. (laughs) and Yeah, uh, about how she's using these little girls to get money off of the government, too. So I don't, I don't know, support her lavish habits and leave them impoverished. And weirdly, it's very similar to Sue. Um, but also the end of this scene, well, because it also started, so it started with her like just getting up from the bleachers where she was and she goes over and starts like hitting Cheerios and like there's a bit where she like throws one of them off of the bleachers. Um, yes. But then when... The, and then at the yeah. end, they're all like lying down dead <laughs> like on the bleachers with their pom-poms on their faces. Well, and like Roz is dead too like i just don't understand it's so weird and like but it's fun i do agree i think it's a fun number it's just super weird and like i don't know it's really out of the jive of the story but (laughs) yes okay well and i guess the assumption is like because sue protests quite a bit like after the number in talking to becker she's like you couldn't pay me like i I never want to come back here so i guess maybe there's a part of her that wants to come back but like the story isn't doing a great job of actually telling us that so yeah. Yeah. 
So the next scene is at the ballet gala. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santana is in amazing pastel purple. Uh, Rachel's in a pink gown. And Kurt is in a very boring suit. <laughs> Welcome to being you know, a for dude. All Kurt, <laughs> yeah. For all that Kurt is like into fashion, like he is not like when he goes for like a formal look, he is not like experimental at all. And I do not appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, um, Jonathan from Queer Eye would, you know, tiss tiss, you know? <laughs> sure. Um, the, the the Fab Five would be like, Kurt, you need to, you know, nut up or shut up. <laughs> Stop talking about fashion unless you're going to actually do it. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, they talk to SJP and about how much they love the ballet and how they want to watch it. Yeah. And then... Like Santana goes to say something, and Kurt's like, "Oh, Santana doesn't like the ballet," and yes. she's just like, hmm. "Well." And then, <laughs> and then Rachel is like, "No, no, we talked about it already. Santana doesn't like the ballet. She's not good enough for it." And then, well, <laughs> Kurt and Rachel are fucking insufferable. <laughs> no kidding. Well, what's great is so they they like walk away, and then Santana's like, "Um, excuse me," and then she like is like, "No, actually, I love ballet. I did it as a kid. My mom made me do it to piss off my dad." because he thought it was too girly or something and like then then we get into the number that the number you would know is coming if you were a big theater nerd probably because it's if you are a human person (laughs) that's not right but like okay the chorus line sepia flashback yeah here it is here's the number yes okay yeah Uh, they sing at the ballet which is cut with various things. So they're standing on the stage in a chorus line fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Santana is uh, the singing the bit about like the like shitty marriage. Yes. Um, she that's that's her character. And well, aren't they? I, th- I thought Santana sounded really good. I mean, a lot of them are about shitty marriages. And yeah. bad parents. Oops. <laughs> I was going to say, aren't um, they all about shitty marriages? But yes, she, hers is the one where like the, the dad cheats on the mom and like treats her bad. With the earrings. Yes. The earrings in the car. Yeah. Um, and Santana thought I thought she sounded amazing. There is like the way the cinematography works is that like how for parts of it, half of the screen are taken up by Santana singing and the other half is like a ballet pair yes like dancing there's four pairs of ballet dancers just like kind of going for mm-hmm. it behind them in costumes that are not congruent like wouldn't be in the same ballet but it's okay yeah. um and i i think the song is good and then it moves to Sarah Jessica Parker she sounds fine yeah yeah a little a little delicate perhaps a little yeah a little bit less forceful i mean i i think the number is fine um i think the thing about it is it feels kind of weird and out of place um in the sense that like it real like one they do it how did they get here yeah (laughs) especially considering the end of the song let me get let me say a few more things sure. before we get there though. So Sarah Jessica Parker sings the um one about like the girl with the very unusual flair. Right, yeah. Um and how she hates her mom. But and like how her dad left and then the um I think the character's name is Maggie, actually, because the Indian chief. Oh, who, sure. Uh 
says, Maggie, do you want to dance? But in this, they use Izzy. Yes. But also Rachel sings part of that verse too. Yeah. See, that's um, that's where I get real, like. <laughs> that's where you're salty. Well, like this song is traditionally, because of how it all works, sung by two people. And like, well, it's actually sung by three people. There's a verse they cut. Oh, okay. Well, it's weird. Like they only have those two verses. So Kurt and Rachel just kind of feel stapled on. Like especially mm-hmm. Kurt. Like Kurt has like two lines, and it's like, why is <laughs> yeah. he here? Um, He's just there to stand and look pretty and you know fill out the chorus line fantasy. Well, and I guess part of it too is they have the little like it's also interspersed with flashbacks of Santana thinking about her time going to the ballet when she was a little girl. And at the very end they have a little bit where up a steep and very narrow stairway. Yeah, yes. where all three of them are like watching their young selves do ballet like on the same bar <laughs> and like <laughs> And they're all just like smiling at their like younger selves. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. It is like such a bonkers way to construct like <laughs> Yes. Like reminiscing on your childhood. Yes. They've done that they've had Rachel do this multiple times in the past few episodes. Just like stare at her younger self. Yes, and it's weird. Well, I, I have some more words about that, but we're gonna save it. Because there's some more later, but... It's just not a thing that, like, other TV shows do. <laughs> it's like... not a thing that humans in general do. <laughs> so, anyway, um, the the music, like, is there, is there anything else you want to say about, like, the actual song, their performance or anything? Not really. Um, I think the lighting is cool. Yeah. It, but the setting is weird, because there are on the stage with the ballet dancers behind them and when the song ends they are on this stage like yes. they turn the lights go off and they turn to face each other and like finish the conversation they were having yes which so yeah and <laughs> what and part of it's weird because it feels like maybe the ballet dancers were supposed to represent like the actual ballet performance for the gala that they were all there for yeah but Maybe. Yeah, it's just... I agree. The timing around... The, like, it's so weird. And, like, I'm fine with just suspending it, though, to be like, sure. They all went... To, like, they all love the ballet. It all make, it makes them all feel happy. And, like, sure, that's fine. But it's weird. And then SJP just keeps doing this kind of fairy godmother character. And is like, Santana, it's okay if you need to take baby steps to figure out your dream. Yes. Yeah. She's like, as long... Like, you just need to find something that feeds your soul. Um, Are you saying that dancing as Barbarella wouldn't feed your soul? (laughs) It would feed mine. (laughs) Um, the, The one last note that I also have about this is since they kept the, like, speaky bits in this number... Yeah. Oh, it's weird. Is that adding some, like, weird backstory to Isabel and Santana's characters that we didn't have before? Because, like... Yes. Yes. (laughs) They're, like, co-opting chorus line backstory for these characters now. Which, like, I mean, Santana's dad is a doctor and a real one, not a a tooth doctor. So, like... And probably an asshole. Yeah. Well, she... You know, just based on personal experience. Well, and she also told the story about how, like, he... What, like he didn't like that she was doing ballet because he like she was a tomboy or something like I don't know it's it's yeah. super weird but we really haven't heard that much about his her dad so I guess this could be part of that I don't know we just know that he's a doctor yeah. and that his wife was able to hide away a large amount of money right 
for Santana. Yes. Um, and then I guess Isabel, we didn't really know anything about. So honestly, they could make her backstory whatever, whatever and it would be fine. Uh, yeah. The next scene is Roz taking Becky to see Principal Figgins. Yes. Uh, she's like, Becky keeps <laughs> farting every time I blink. <laughs> <laughs> nobody farts every time they blink, Maggie. Just nobody does that. <laughs> um basically becky has been aggravating roz on purpose because she wanted to see figgins yes um and when she says that to him he's like why didn't you just come down here and see me she's like i didn't think of that (laughs) yep yeah and then in traditional glee fashion becky says principal figgins i have to tell you something and then it cuts. Um, End of scene. Yeah. I did like that in, at the start of the scene, Roz has to wake Figgins up, like yeah. shining a flashlight well, in his face. Well, yeah, but like everyone else is still doing <laughs> their jobs. So like, what the fuck? But it's Figgins. He doesn't have a job to do. Anyway, um, we go back. But guess what? The lights are back on. Yes. And we get another immediate PA address. <laughs> Um, where Figgins <laughs> confirms that the blackout was due to a congratulations on your successful hysterectomy balloon getting caught in an electrical outlet. Um, Yikes. <laughs> um, which he he's like, thankfully, we have avoided idol worship and rampant cannibalism uh, at the at the beginning of the address. And then he closes it out with saying, let us welcome a new era of peace and prosperity. Love, Principal Figgins. <laughs> Which, honestly, he we also see that, again, he's reading these off of note cards. Like, the fact that it was due... The, the balloon was for his secretary, Donna, definitely was behind all of this. There's no way. I'm sort of hoping that Principal Figgins, this is his final address. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything else from him. It's been so long, Maggie. We've been in the desert for so long. Um, yeah, no, I mean, maybe. Like, I I honestly keep hoping that most episodes are each character's last episode for the vast majority of them. Are, so, Are you just hoping that we're going to shave off yes. the cast character by character until it's just... Well, um, yeah, kind of, because... I don't know... Rachel in a room all by herself. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like the majority of people who are still watching at this point were doing it for Rachel. Like, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I was. I, I mean, were you? I was probably, I was probably doing it for Clayne. Oh. I was a true stand, sure. and I knew they were going to get back together. <laughs> um, sure, even though he's eyeing some dudes in the weird aerobics class. Um, wouldn't you be? Come on, yeah. that's like a hot, a hotbed. For any sort of sexual activity. You're all sweaty. Well, You're in workout gear, which is admittedly much sexier than normal gear. (laughs) Sure, yes. Um, But the the fun part, the other reason, again, I agree that, like, it'd be nice if this was Figgins' last address, is the scene ends with him enjoying his lower back massager, which is just weird. Like, just uncomfortable, really. Yeah, I don't need to see him enjoying his vibrator, okay? (laughs) Yeah, so... Then we moved <laughs> the yeah. next. Yeah, go for it. The next scene is back in the choir room where Will's like, "Don't plug back in just yet. We need to sing an acapella number. Our voices are the only instruments that truly matter. Because fuck the musicians who are here day in and day out. <laughs> yes, playing guitar, 
drums, various string instruments, whole bunch of wind instruments, and of course, Brad the Piano Man, who was actually, in Will's mind, a pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's mostly, the thing about this scene is it's unnecessary, like, in every yeah. way, shape, and form. I didn't, like, we all knew they were gonna- s- Couldn't they just have had the lights back on, like, right before they performed the number, and then Will is like- there, somebody could be like, oh, great, we can put music to this Billy Joel number. And Will would be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, no, no. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It, but anyway, literally, that's this whole scene. It's just Will being like, we're going to do an acapella number. And then we move to Ryder in the library on a computer, his favorite place to be. He's chatting with Katie um, about his. However. Yeah. The sound design from this chat session to the previous ones is completely different. Yes. Uh, yes. Which is pretty frustrating for me. Well, okay. You know what's even like the thing that I hate the most about this is that he is effectively like he's having this conversation. Like he's chatting yeah. with, quote, Katie. Yeah, the thing about this scene with Ryder and the computer that's so frustrating is that he is chatting with this quote katie he's telling but one there are no subtitles for his thoughts his inner monologue and two there's Mm -hmm. no response like he's obviously having a conversation but we have no no yeah we don't hear the response from the catfish or see it like Like, we we don't get anything you can if you pause at just the right moment you can see that in response to like writer being like it's working for me like the there's a similar response from the catfish okay sure um but the like the sound design is so bad like it's like tick noises tick noises yes which imply that, like, stuff is being sent back to Ryder. Right. Basically, the gist of what he's feeling, other you can tell from all the face acting that Bruce Jenner's really trying for. Um, he He's like, you know, I, I don't know who you are. You, you saw how I shared in Glee Club this week. It was because of you. You gave me the strength to do that. Not because I was afraid that you're going to reveal my terrible secret. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, um, he, we, I guess we've had some hints throughout the episode. Cause he like, like the thing where he like, like accosts Kitty for using her phone and like, he kind yeah. of has had some like wayward glances at her through some of the new direction stuff. Um, so we have this kind of, imp- he thinks it's, Kitty. yeah, he thinks it's Kitty. So then Kitty arrives in the library and she invites Ryder to come buy her a sub and then clarifies that she actually just wants to actually go get food with him. Um, no, she says that she wants to buy him a sandwich. Well, she does. Which is sweet. But, but the, the first um, thing is, and then, yeah, but go for it. Yeah. Sorry. But instead of buying him a sandwich, Siege serves him the truth. Yes. Um, and it's just like, why are you still hung up on this catfish? There's no good reason for it. I'm physically here in front of yeah. you. Um, I, I, w- I was sort of annoyed by this like little interaction because like that connection they had seemed a lot more genuine as like friendship yeah. rather than any sort of romantic inclination. Yeah. Um, I'm just sort of like annoyed yes. that every interaction between characters on this fucking television show 
inevitably leads to them like being in a romantic relationship except for like i guess kurt and rachel yes <laughs> um no you're absolutely right it it's it's like it's just sad that glee can't really find a way of telling any story that isn't like a romantic interest which because like What's really sad here is like Kitty obviously feels like she's been opening up to Ryder and that they actually have yeah, some kind of like she she felt like they connected yeah. and then Ryder is like well no I'm gonna um stay here and talk to like this imaginary person online who I know isn't who they say they are but they like I don't know give me attention so I feel good about myself and Kitty's like I'm literally saying we could go get food right now and you're just blowing me off for this. <laughs> And yeah, it's and writers like yeah, and then Kitty's like wow, fuck you, bye. <laughs> yes. Um, which, I mean, also you can text yes, <laughs> which <laughs> from your phone. Well, and part of it is that it doesn't seem like it's specifically right now that he's like, oh, I want to talk to Katie right now. It's more like writer seems to think that he wants to like quote figure out this stuff with Katie before he like goes on any other romantic ventures you know even though it's like you were just gonna go eat a sandwich yes. with a friend yeah. but okay yeah um so i think this is supposed to also imply that katie and kitty are not the same person um which we already knew yeah because she she like flat out denied it but and like there's no good reason for especially without fucking writer line where he's like Kitty is almost Katie. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No. Well, of course it's not Kitty. And, and also, my other thing too is that, like, if it is, like, honestly, there's a part of me that kind of who do you, who do you think it is? I, I mean, I already told you. This episode made me start to think that it, maybe it was Artie. Um, but in my <laughs> back pocket, like, unique, um, which would be terrible and awful, but is probably who it is. Um. Tina got canceled out. I guess it could be Brittany. It could be Are Jake? you saying that Tina is canceled? Sam, <laughs> we can't cancel Tina. Well, no, no. She, using Ryder's logic that she wasn't in the choir room when he called <laughs> Katie's phone. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it could be like Jake or it could be Sam, I guess. But Listen, what if it's the, what if it's the guitar boy? What if it's Will? Listen. <laughs> um, oh, no. No. Um, but no, it's That's just really bad. The, I kind of wish it was Kitty at this point because it's such a weird, bizarre thing to like test someone <laughs> by being like, will yeah. you pick me if I'm in front of your face or are you going to choose the weird virtual version of me that you've created? in your mind like mm. which for a chaos goddess does seem on brand for a real person is <laughs> real weird like you're not a psychology yeah experimenter for a real like, person is like <laughs> definitely manipulative and like super yes. weird yes yeah um but anyway yeah so writer blows her off and um yeah i mean it's sad but again also i didn't like you i don't want them to be in a romantic relationship i would like kitty to have real friends maybe like instead of being just a bitch all the time like eh, oh well okay so uh, la uh this next scene santana arrives late to her niata extension dance class um and then chats with the instructor while the instructor is addressing the, oh. the class I hated this. Yes. Like Santana makes an entrance and then is like, um, yeah, I'm boisterous and annoying. Uh, also <laughs> I'm super talented and that's why I'm here. Yes. Um, 
I, if I was someone else in that class, I'd be so fucking pissed. I'd be like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, I would hate her. <laughs> yeah, um, but... Uh, I'd be like, listen, I'm just a 37-year-old mom. I'm just here to try to lose this goddamn weird back fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just here to try to reconnect with, you know, my roots or something. But what ends... Like, the instructor mm. kind of likes Santana's pluckiness by the end. Yeah. yeah. And, um... Yeah. I... This this instructor's like, I like that vibe. All right, let's dance. And then they they do the dancing. And yes. Santana, again, sees the baby version of herself doing some plies in her little tutu. Yes. And Santana goes up to her and she says, not, not big Santana, baby Santana says, don't forget me again. Oh, my God. <laughs> and big Santana's like, I won't. I have you now. And then they hug. Yes. So the big difference here is that they hug, which is like <laughs> such a bizarre metaphor yeah. for like accepting your inner <laughs> accepting child. Accepting yourself. Yeah, like, but what's more fun is that like, like you were saying before, we've seen Rachel do this type of thing a couple times. Yeah. Um, Chris suggested this. The loft has a gas leak. Um <laughs> Yes. Or maybe it has some of those, like, in, like, the 1800s, like, the prevalence of ghost stories happened because everyone had, like, gas lamps that would just, like, leak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, poisonous gas into everyone's house. So, like, that's what's happening here. There's just some really old lights that are at, like, the top of the loft. And because the ceilings are so high, they can't reach them and turn them off. So there's just gas. Yes. And, and, and I mean, obviously, the characters we've seen affected here... Mostly Rachel, now a little bit of Santana, a tiny little bit of Kurt during yep. that number. So, like, it all checks out. Um. <laughs> well, Kurt's love of the boyfriend yeah, arms might not just be ambient <laughs> driven. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, but I think... <laughs> I bought it while on ambient. Yeah, it's just... It, Man, that's it's mean. just weird. It's so weird that Santana hugs this little girl version of herself. It is weird. Like, like, it's like... It is... Uh, heavy-handed but also like bizarre yes. at the same time yes. oh gosh i mean i enjoyed it even though it's like weird and doesn't make sense yeah. but it does obviously like again it's so obvious but it's not like santana it, we never knew that santana had this like ballet background no. before this well it's not like that's been a big part of her character. And the other thing, too, is that this, like, culmination of the storyline seems to, like, imply that Rachel and Kurt were right all along. And I'm not about that either, because those... those no. they They got to play the role of the shame squad this week, and I don't think there's anything wrong with cage dancing. So, um, anyway. Yeah, same. yeah, So, Santana's at peace or something. And then we go back to the Glee Club. They're doing their last number, of course, um, where... They are doing a quote acapella number where their only instruments are their voices, but also their fingers because they snap a lot. So, tisk yeah. tisk. So the solos go from Artie, Kitty, Sam, Marley, Ryder, and then Jake, and then the song is over and it's well, fine. And I don't know if we mentioned the song is "The Longest Time" by Billy Joel. <laughs> which, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, there are a full, uh, a hefty nine members. <laughs> yes. Nine. They need 12 <laughs> to compete. I'm sure that the other three will randomly, like, just be back for that. I don't know about this number. I like the choreography because it is actual choreography. Sure. Um, 
and I like the bit where Marley goes, time. <laughs> well, um, and, and Jake does the low bit where he goes, the longest. And so like. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just sort of pissed off at Artie yes, and yes. Sam. So I was just like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It feels, you're right. It feels more show choiry than a lot of their music actually does. Um, Will's in the audience watching them, whatever. Honestly, my favorite part is at the very end of the number. Um, they're like, some of them like start clapping for themselves. Everybody clap. <laughs> yes. Somebody screams, everybody clap. Um, which like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. who? What? what? Why? I don't. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just really, that's where the episode ends. And I'm just like, huh, huh. I, I, I've never been in a glee club where people are forced to clap for themselves at the end of numbers, but I guess that is some kind of motivational technique. Uh, Anyway. Now it's time to for the podcast. It's the podcast business. Podcast business. Podcast business. <laughs> but it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold, gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. Okay, so here we are in the podcast business. Uh, as we do every week, we're going to pick gold stars, best numbers, and give the episode a slushy rating. Because you know, Maggie, everybody hurts. Including these episodes of Glee that we throw <laughs> slushies at. So, um... I want to see a montage of all the episodes that have gotten like, well, like a physical representation of the episodes being slushy, like sort of like how Tina, you know, yeah, yeah, as Tina gets out of the shower, for instance, for instance, like a personification of the Rocky Horror episode, (laughs) (laughs) getting out of the shower, being slushied by the two of us. (laughs) The problem I feel with that one is that the personification of that episode is probably a pretty problematic thing so um yeah (laughs) anyway um let's start with the gold stars maggie um i'll go first this week i'm gonna give kitty my gold star now hear me out okay Um, (laughs) no listen i don't need convincing yeah i mean i she doesn't say anything that's any white supremacy no this uh (laughs) this episode so that's a big plus and she talks about how her vagina has iron teeth so how could I not? How could I not give her a gold star? Uh, yeah. How about you, Maggie? I th- I think I'm going to give my gold star to Santana. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, but split it. Because I, I think uh, Sue also deserves a gold star for the episode. Sure. If only because, like, Sue's storyline brought us that aerobics. <laughs> yes. So at some point, she must have taught them all that dance routine, but like, yes, who knows when that was? And like, so tr- trying to envision Jane Lynch doing that. Oh my god, is is gold star worthy? Speaking of the physical video, Maggie, hell yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, absolutely. That's yeah. Um, so let's move to the best number. What are our options, Maggie? Our options are. Uh, loving, you've got that loving feeling. Mm-hmm. That's the full, that's the full title. Uh, everybody hurts. We will rock you, uh, little girls at the ballet. The, but those are separate numbers. Um, yep. It's not you little know, girls at the ballet. Yes. Kurt, it's not Rachel, Kurt, and Santana at the ballet. It's 
<laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, and the last one, Maggie. Um, then the last one is For the Longest Time yes. by Senor Billy Joel, but sung a cappella. You could tell that um, Blaine was really excited. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, for my best number, I decided to pass over all the numbers that are either boring or weird and like tonally bad. Cough, cough. Everybody hurts. <laughs> um, I chose uh, At the Ballet. I think it's it's also yeah, random, I'm but gonna, like yeah, go for it. I'm gonna choose it also. Yeah. The performance is very good, and like if you're a big theater nerd, you're gonna love the song, and I do. Yep. So here we are. <laughs> like the entire New York plotline was crafted around doing this number, well, and it's so it's weird because I feel like they've done a lot of chorus line throughout the history of Glee. We've seen sing. Have they? We've seen um. They the one... haven't done tits and ass, so <laughs> the, they're missing the biggest. Well, but Kurt did that one from um for his uh showcase song, and then is the marriage song from a chorus line? Oh okay. no, that no, you're thinking of company. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, they're di- they're different. Yeah. Um, but uh, like the um. I'm just imagining they could have they could have done because the original number like name of the song and name of the song now because so here's a fun fact are yes. you ready I'm gonna lay it down for you so in the original um like stage production they expected tits and ass to be like a huge laugh like they expected people to laugh um but nobody did and they're like hmm that's weird and it's because the programs like gave it away oh, sure. um gave away that they're going to be saying bad words <laughs> yes. um, which is always funny and uh they changed the num the number's name to dance 10 looks three yes uh yeah uh and then it did they then they got laughs from the audience i'm just thinking that they could have done dance 10 looks three when santana got her quote-unquote boob job oh sure even yeah. though like, did she? Well, okay, but the problem... I'm still unclear about <laughs> the that. The problem is they still can't say tits and ass. Like... But what if they did? <laughs> what if they did have a... It, like, during that part of the storyline, she would have been maybe 16, uh, sing oh, God. tits and ass on national TV. Sandbags and booty. Um. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just... It's interesting. They're, I mean, they're theater nerds. It's a, supposed to be a musical. So it makes sense that they would reference a lot of musicals. Yep. And that's fine. I like the number. It's very good. Uh, it's weird, but like, sure. They sing it. It's great. But all but all of them are sort yes. of weird. This episode. The episode is weird. It's a weird yes. episode. Uh, and now we're going to get to the final part of the podcast business, which is rating yes. the episode. Yeah. So um, along those lines, I'm giving this episode three out of five slushies. Mostly nice. mostly for their treatment of the Moss Station plotline in that they did not do a very... Like, they bring it up, but they don't do a good job of quashing the really toxic, gross, masculine response. And also, like, I just don't... I don't like that Kurt and Rachel are shaming Santana for her li- for her living her life and I don't, yeah. I don't like it either. Yeah. It's gross. Uh, and I'm gonna also give the episode a three out of five. I think there's a lot of like incongruous problems. Yeah. Like <laughs> the little girl's number just like sort of comes out of nowhere yes. and like I don't know how 
I don't know how it affects Sue's like story. Right. Or like even where her like head is at right now. Um the at the ballet was like obviously just like a like fulfillment for Ryan Murphy's fantasy of wanting to do this yes. <laughs> like he crafted that entire storyline so this would work so that he could have Sarah Jessica Parker tell Santana that she needs to like that she can take her time finding her dream cuz that's apparently like a big fucking thing in this show <laughs> like, is that is that having a like a lifelong dream when you're 19 is super normal but it's okay if you're taking time to figure it out yes. What, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um. I think also some of the plot lines are just not like the whole thing where like they don't jive. Yeah. Like it's just sort of like off. Well, and like Sam and Artie's weird plot line where like Sam is mad at Artie for like liking technology. Texting? Like that is so weird. Never explained. It seems to be only get off the blogosphere. Well, it seems to be only for the purpose. Get your head out of the Twitterverse. It's just only for the purpose of them doing that stomp version of <laughs> "We Will Rock You," which yes, is like it like, is. You could have just done it. Why couldn't you just do it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why did you make Artie do the lines where he's up his own ass because, about water bottle sounds? Because like, Ryan Murphy wrote this episode. Yeah. No, no, but. That's why. No kidding, because, like, there's also, like, weird random little scenes where, like, it wasn't necessary. You didn't need it at all. Like, <laughs> like we didn't need Will being, like, do an acapella number. And we didn't need, like, Becky being, like, <laughs> I called Roz a name that is questionable. So that way I could talk to you, Figgins. Like, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like there's a lot of, like, weird things in this episode do not need to be there. Ryan Murphy, I'm sorry, ma'am, but, like, just got to focus if you want to do these numbers tell the writing staff that you want to do these numbers and have someone else write it like yeah it'll be fine (laughs) and just okay one thing about that like becky figgins thing is like becky like the becky figgins conversation happens right before the lights come back on so when you're watching it it's like did becky turn the lights on Maybe <laughs> like did, yeah. did did her confessing like make the lights come back? Maybe the secretary was holding the school's energy hostage <gasps> to until they got to the bottom yeah, of it to to force them to like really think like actually dig into what was what happened. I don't know. She's mm-hmm. she's a pre she's a PI. She's been undercover for a very long time. Um, yes! <laughs> I love that idea. Yes, but um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, it just feels disjointed, I think is the best way for me to describe it. Yeah, it's, just, it's a really, it's a really disjointed episode, yeah. especially with like the amount of jumping that they do between Lima and New yeah. York. I think it, like the show, the episode would have been better with just longer spent in each place and, yeah. rather than like, and, and cut the chaff. Like, honestly, even the soup plot yeah. line doesn't really feel necessary. Like, like yeah. It doesn't really have a home in this story. Um, And, like, the writer stuff is getting pretty repetitive. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I I guess the main thing is, like... I want to see writer, like, hard-boiled, like, trying to figure out who the catfish is. Like, he he tries to say, like, that in that, like, little texting bit that he's like, you know, that's partly why I shared in Clee Club this week so that I could gauge everyone's reactions to see if they would know. And it's like, hmm, Hmm. uh, bad detective work. (laughs) I 
I think he needs. I want to see him go to like a third party, sure. who who will be the a better detective for him. I want like a noir oh, Glee <laughs> episode, where it's like he came into my <laughs> office. Well, Maggie, I have. It was a dark and stormy night. I have some bad news for you because next week is episode twenty one, Wonderful, which I believe is their tribute hmm. to Stevie Wonder. Um, Ooh, okay. so I don't think that one will be very noir, but, uh, oh. well, I, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Well, Mercedes is in the, if I remember the thumbnail Ooh. on Netflix, okay. that is a big plus yes. for me. Um, okay. That makes me a little more excited, but, um, I guess the main thing is, uh, let's try to like wrap this up here. If you want to tell us your feelings about Glee, I guess there is one thing on that note. Um, we got an email last week. Um, from one of our patrons, uh, Adelaide, reminding us that last week's episode was the last appearance of um, uh, Corey Monteith in Glee. Yeah, which we mentioned during the episode. We as did, well. and I just wanted to cover it again and just say thanks to Adelaide for you know letting us know. And it is something that like out like in the metatextual like context of Glee, like that is actually very sad, and there's a lot of like emotion there. Yes. Um, and we didn't really address it last week, but. I, I mean, part of it for me is that, like, in the context of that episode, and we talked about it, like, Finn's character does some gross shit in that episode, and it's very upsetting that, like, yeah. that is the last time that he's in. But, like, overall, like, it's a very sad thing, and I'm 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 glad that we're able to, you know, at least let people know. And I think we'll be able to reflect on Finn's character in the episode Where, yeah. that's dedicated to yeah. him. Just so, like, we can sort of stay current with what's happening in the show itself yeah. which is important to know how bad it's doing right, exactly you know and like it is it's glee's fault that like finn's last appearance was that gnarly yes, absolutely so. um but if you like adelaide have things you would like to tell us you can reach us on twitter at snm or by email snm at gmail.com we have an instagram at snm and we have a Patreon where you can hear bonus content, some from this episode too, but a quintuple crown. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Ew. And um, sculpture yes. in uh, various media. Oh, God. Check it out at patreon.com slash SNM or just search Sam and Maggie Hake through the Patreon platform and you should be able to find us we push most of our uh subscription uh contributions to donating ourselves right now it's to the trans law center yes and just an update on that we actually just today have donated 150 dollars to the trans law center um and that is Yay. yeah that's thanks to our patrons so thank you so much um of course we're going to be donating more um but i just want to give everyone a heads up because i think it's really cool that we're able to you know help out a good cause um, where we'll be back with uh, season four, episode 21, Wonderful. Uh, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. Everybody clap. Everybody clap. <laughs> <laughs>